this is this has been a huge challenge and i know of no president who has led during the type of pandemic that we've had who was hugely challenged as our people were dying as unemployment was rising the economy was going down the unrest that had an impact on our economy and the type of floods that we have had so all these challenges have come one after another and they have been addressed they have been addressed and of course people can judge whether that has been sufficient or not but uh, i have been very clear in saying having been elected i must address all these challenges that face our people and uh, and have done so to the very best of my ability uh, in terms of addressing all these challenges a number of people often say president you got into office at the wrong time you get in, on, into office to even address state capture and yes that has been my lot as a president but i have given it the best shot and will continue to do so in service to the people of South Africa. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, Tahazar, everybody. Welcome back to Freedom Fanatics. As always, I'm joined by some of my esteemed colleagues today. I have the privilege to be joined by Seymour and Sholin coming to you guys from across Mzanzi today. Guys, remember to follow us at Badge of Liberty, uh, where your freedom is worth fighting for. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, as well as Instagram. Now, before the show, we we're going into a cold conversation about the merits of the English Premier League, but we've got way more important things to discuss uh, today, particularly because Simo is an Arsenal fan and they topped the log, so let's quickly brush past that. And today's important uh, conversation, which we're going to start with, is some interesting changes to uh, the proposed changes to the curriculum at schools. So let's have a look. There was a, a, an article that came out in Business Tech last week, um, sharing some of these uh, these proposed changes. And the headline titled, Massive Curriculum Shift for Schools in South Africa, Including New Subjects, kind of outlines some of the proposals from the Department of Basic Education, um, which says, I'll just highlight a few things. It says that um, as many as 38 new subjects will be introduced into schools for learners between grades 10 to 12. Uh, and essentially, the, the, the intention here is to introduce uh, skills and subjects that lend itself towards uh, TVET education uh, post-school um, and also, um, you know, e equip uh, learners with skills rather than a tangible academic um, sort of education. So let, 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 me, let me leave it there for now and come to you first on the show. Um, what are your thoughts about um, these proposed changes? I mean, when I saw it, I thought my first thought was 38 is a lot of subjects. But on the other hand, a shift towards... TVET colleges, um, and you are muted, um, is certainly, I think, a shift in the right direction. It's one of the best news stories I think we've had 
around education in the every, in all 65 <laughs> episodes of Freedom Fanatics. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely, Alex. Um, something I think that we always really encourage is, um, you know, the opportunity for choice. And that's exactly what is being offered here um, for more students to have a broader variety of um, streams or directions or subjects that they can make use of. And I think that's even something to be advocated for. I don't necessarily think that it should um, stop here um, because I would actually say that uh, my suggestion, I assume that like um, there is obviously a certain, a, a specific amount of, um, you know, types of um, subjects that are being offered. But my mind would specifically be that there should be a greater introduction um, of things like um, robotics and whether it's um, technology or artificial intelligence, like these are type of stuff that I think should definitely be introduced at a school level already, um, mainly because that's the direction where the future is going. Um, whether it's the fourth industrial revolution and all these um, high-evolutant terms, um, the fact remains that that is the direction where um, the future um of the economy should be going to, especially if you want to be a, a more modern, um, you know, um, economy. I think that's even something we should be investing in now already, um, whether it's China or whether it's the United States, whether it's even in Europe. Um, that Oh, it's just uh, lost Sholin there. Uh, obviously, not enough people doing things like coding and um, you know, like we digital revolution. Sorry, so I just cut you off there because uh, the internet guards cut you off. Um, but John, <laughs> just to sum up what uh, the point you're making there about uh, the fourth industrial revolution. Yes, no, I was just about to say that, like, um, you know, the big economies of the world, like with this China, the Europeans, um, the United States, they are making investments in that regard because they understand that that's where the future um, will be heavily dependent on. And I think we should be investing the same and create our next Elon Musk. Um, you know, we actually need a bunch of Elon Musk coming out of South Africa again, in my opinion, um, because clearly look at how much wealth this man was able to generate. And that's why South Africa cannot be playing catch up. Um, you know, introducing all this stuff is well and good, but eventually we'll just have to be like, oh no, the world is already 10 miles ahead. Now we need to catch up to them. Mm. Um, so I think we need to start now already. Mm, absolutely. I mean, Seymour, during the, during the pandemic, uh, during our lockdown, we, you know, the government said that a lot of governments around the world said that there were essential services um, and businesses that needed to remain open, uh, which was quite an outrageous kind of comment uh, and way of just, you know, discriminating against who could and couldn't operate their businesses. But I mean, you know, here we've got kind of got like a, you know, an, ad an admission that a, a job is a good job. Uh, you know, we've got a mm -hmm. huge list here, you know, from literally mm -hmm. from A to Z of, of some some uh, professions that they or uh, sort of programs that they want to offer in school subjects rather. Um, I mean, is this a good move in, in your view? Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think it's a great move. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great move by the Department of Education to, you know, establish like this and there's actually quite a bit to be pleased about because we, we now won't have students who are falling by the wayside. Mm -hmm. You know, school for a long time has been this one size fits all. We're testing the power of recall. Wow, I actually made like a great rhyme there. But <laughs> but, <laughs> but now we, we, we're having, we, it's, we're going to be giving more diverse options, more diverse opportunity. And 
there's a lot to be gained by equipping everyone with a certain skill. I, I think yeah. here, education, well, well, at least the education objectives will be achieved in a in, in, in a much broader sense because no children, well, at least at least much fewer children will fall by the wayside now, and they'll have opportunities for in innovation in any of these fields. I mean, there's welding, mm. there's arts and crafts, and some, and it is true that. People, as people, we, 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 all, we are all born with different capabilities. So this will best encourage and support that. You know, the, mm. the, this will best equip all of our, our pupils. That's what school children are called, right? Pupils, not students. Yeah, best equip our, our pupils for the, for the work environment, not mm. just for jobs. They could also be innovators within these fields. So yeah, it's not it's, it's nothing but a good move. And mm. yes, as you said earlier, you, we now have something positive, you know, to say about education. I think just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the drop off in in, in maths and science. And you know, mm. Sholin, that's not good news for you, who wants us to move into robotics and stuff if we possess that type of attitude for maths and science. So there's, there's been some steps taken backwards, but this is a, it's a much, it's a much appreciated step forward. Mm. We, we, we can definitely commend the department for this. Mm, absolutely. No, we need, we need to celebrate where we and commend. Yeah. Where, where <laughs> take our wins. I'm sure you are on, uh, <laughs> only getting used to now. Um, Top of the league, bro. <laughs> this little chat about um you know the introduction of more vocational subjects you know how can we still be rolling around with 30 percent pass rates um do you think this is a little bit of an admission from the government that you need the skills that society demands you need flexibility you know that kind of more individual market related um you know uh expansion of ideas and abilities Oh, uh, you know, are the is the kind of ideology of like controlling, you know, citizens, you know, the kind of more socialist uh, bent of of the government sort of starting to crack by force of circumstance? Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. I do think that's actually the case and the reason why um they are now being forced to do this. I mean, our Minister of um, Education Adam Chekas has been in the in the in the seat, so I'm like, why is this only occurring right now? Um, so clearly she is obviously under pressure um, she, because she needs to be into the, to the market, to what the market actually wants and what people actually want um, and the skills that are needed for that. Um, I think that's really important and that this uniform idea that, you know, everybody needs to go through the assembly line um, of what we call an education system, it does simply just not work. And mm. now they clearly need to see, okay. Now, and the only unfortunate thing I would say, Alex, is that what about those that have and have previously already fallen um, by the wayside? Um, mm -hmm. What about those who were disadvantaged to be previously now already, um, you know, who didn't experience these changes? That's an unfortunate situation. And even though we're excited for these changes in the curriculum, I think we're still going to be the ones keeping them to account to make sure that it's not only a nice um, policy idea, but that it's rolled out even um, better and more effectively, I think. Mm, that's, that's going to be interesting, actually, just to add there, you know, the rollout, you know, uh, the effecting of this policy is going to be quite interesting because we, there's got there's got to be equipment bought for a lot of these subjects, you know, like for welding, I would, I, I'd imagine they'd have to buy those, mm. I don't know what they call those welding machines, but they're, yeah. they're very expensive, like 
we, we, it's going to be interesting to see how those budgets are handled. It's going to be <laughs> interesting to see how the tenders are handled because it's definitely going to be rolled out via a tender process. So, I mean, it could, it could all fail before it starts, but on the positive side, it is good that we are thinking in this way. It's very good. Well, I guess like with, like with anything else that the government does, it's, you know, like we've, you, the intentions we've got to, we can't just judge it by intentions. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and I think that's the whole thing. That's what the kind of stuff we've got to be thinking about mm-hmm. leading to 2024 is like, okay, cool. These are, these are great ideas, but like, will the money be spent on what needs to be spent on um, and the like? So I think it's, it's such a good point that, that you guys do raise it, but let, let's, yeah. I, sure, I, go if for I can add the last thing. I really hope that, um, I know that they're saying like, this is supposed to be like a TV, um, college type thing where it's like supposed to be a new stream. I hope that um, these private institutions will actually also mm. take it on board um, in their curriculum. Like they have a similar thing to actually compete against what the public sector is doing. Um, I think that will actually show us exactly um, a clear illustration of how it should be run practically in the case that the government gets it wrong. So I definitely think like um, those on the private side should be looking at this and being like, okay, we see this is what the government's intending. Um, let us see how we can maybe not adopt it, or maybe just adjust it, and we will we will execute it in the private sector um, the way we see fit. So that would also be a really great um, alternative to see. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to see the whole bunch of competition, you know, different schools offering different um, different subjects, you know, might attract different students, and then you get more competition between schools. So there's a lot of promise definitely being shown here. But let, let's go into our second and last story course for today our feel good feature well actually the first story is a bit of a feel good feature for a change um but uh and this one actually came across on linkedin um and this is a story about a delivery system um a courier service developed by this uh gentleman and his name is zamukutle twala and essentially he started this company called tumela uh, which uses taxis as courier drivers and taxi ranks as pickup points. So I'm just going to share a little graphic from uh, from their LinkedIn page. Actually, uh, it looks like they they did receive they've received some some startup funding to to take their business to the next level, um, and it's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, we've got a basically you you drop off your parcel at a taxi rank, um, and then from there, um, the, the parcel is given to, to a taxi driver. You're then given a collection, a sort of a pin, and then you get a collection SMS when that parcel is ready, and your receiver then gets their package at the dedicated um, at the dedicated pickup point. So, Seymour, what are your thoughts when you first saw this this story? Well, firstly, it was how didn't I think of this? Like, how did how didn't this thing this thing come up sooner? Because it's it's actually this delivery service is actually quite commonplace. But well, at least I can speak for KZN here in KZN. I've even actually used this way. Well, not through Tomela, just ordinary taxis. Taxis do actually charge. Uh, I think it's like half the fee of what the usual fare would be. So if you if you're going if you if, if you're going to travel as a as a person for 120, then if you're just sending a parcel through, it's like 60 Rand, you know, they usually charge there. So it, it's something actually that's not even new. It's not really that innovative. So when I saw that someone like actually officialized it and like 
um, rolled it out in a grander scale. I was like, wow, man, we've been missing this. There's actually like quite a huge opportunity. And I mean, it started, it started in KZN, right? I mean, his whole story here is that he yeah. mistakenly forgot his laptop charger at home. Um, near and he actually room. used the yeah. service I'm talking about. He actually mm. used the business he created before because he just sent his thing through <laughs> thing he's he passed through a uh, thingy uh, a taxi so yeah it, it, it's good to see another you know a, a, another innovative mm. um sort of idea come out and to see people winning again and m- m- more life to that man mm. no i think sure i mean what sticks out to me about this and i've been been reading a little bit about informal economies and the like and i think is you know you, you find you use the infrastructure that's around you and just because mm-hmm. it's the informal sector doesn't mean that mm-hmm. it can't it's you don't need to formalize these these sectors it's just a way of working within uh these sectors to, and understanding people's needs right yeah no absolutely i'm just thinking this man saw a problem an issue and what he did was he found a solution to it and now he's making money off of it mm-hmm. i'm like if all of us could just have that mentality identify an issue um, you know, what could make people's lives easier um, and produce, um, you know, or create or, you know, or even do a delivery service like this man is. And I mean, there's a market for you right there already. That's that's really innovative and it's brilliant. I think on my side, as you just say, Alex, um, I'm just thinking, um, my guy, all I'm hoping for is that there must not be um, a, polit- a politician um, in our labor department or in our trade Um uh, or somewhere in case it in need to go any there must just not be an individual who's sitting there thinking um how can i make this mm. person's life harder through some regulation and giving him yeah. a, an overburden um well that's taxes. going to happen that's, it's that's, going to happen because of the taxi industry he's probably going yeah. to run into some issues with the taxi mm. industry at some point especially if they're not on board with this mm. Yeah, no, I hear you, but I'm just saying that I really hope that there isn't like somebody who's going to come with like legislative issues because as uh, official, as a government official, as even the leaders in the taxi um, business, they think should be like, how can we make it easier for these people to make use of the services we offer? Um, mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a simple way that we can generate money. I mean, that is, that that's all that we need from these people, from these leaders. Um, it's really just to ask the question, how can we make it easier, easier for these young, innovative, energetic individuals to, to, to create the business by themselves, um, to create a source of income that they're not even waiting on anybody to come with, to them with a hand up, Alex? Mm, absolutely. Simo, you sound like a, you, you, you are, you are I, I from above. You're making, you know, it's kind of looking ahead, seeing the, the darkness that lays ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You obviously don't have much confidence that uh, the government and, and uh, that the government will nurture this kind of talent. But And I'm going to give you the final word on this before we go into your reactions. I mean, all you need to do is like, well, to our viewers who are going to be watching this later, is just re- rewind like eight minutes and just hear our tone when we were talking about the implementation of the new education curriculum. Like, we were quite despondent, although quite pleased, you know, excited, but we still have that thing. We've got bad trust issues, you know. (laughs) We've been damaged quite a lot. We've been hurt. So... (laughs) (laughs) So it's almost like 
anything that's positive in our country, you sort of got to take with a pinch of salt. And, and, and that's quite mm-hmm. unfortunate. That's really sad, actually. It's re- we laugh, but it's, it's actually really, really sad. So mm-hmm. to spin this and not go in the direction I was going, I'm going to be hopeful. I, I, I hope Tumela and much more innovative ideas and businesses like Tumela will come up and hopefully the government at, at some point they've got to learn the, the errors of their ways and you know produce an environment that's more conducive to businesses thriving because that's the only way forward it's no lie that's that's actually a fact we don't even mm. need to be arguing that so yeah let's just hope we, we will end on hope we'll end with hope and i think <laughs> no i think it's, it's, such a, it's such a good message because yeah, I think, you know, the, the kind of the psychological impact of like a government that really doesn't seem to care can take a whole toll on innovation on people wanting to do things, mm-hmm. get get themselves ahead and help their communities, uh, you know, help them address the needs of their communities. But guys, on that note, uh, remember, your freedom is worth fighting for. You can catch us at Badger of Liberty on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok as well. Uh, I think that's all of them. Um, and on that bombshell, uh, let us hand over to Mbali for your reactions. Hello. Hi, Alex. Hi, Sholen. Hi, Simo. Welcome to Hashtag Your Reactions. Thank you. Hello, Mbali. Cool, guys. So today we are looking at an article from one of our own, um, Vincent Jackson. And um, the short summary of this article is, many politicians and supposed activists use the cheap excuse that foreigners are guilty of abusing our system to hide corruption and failure, often of their own making. Alex, I'll start with you. What do you think of this summary? Hmm. Uh, no, I think, I think he's, he's, he's spot on. Um, yeah, I mean, in the last few months, you know, or let's say I think one of the major new new play, players on the on the political field has been Operation Dudula, People's Parliament. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what Lux Lamini calls his thing now that he's not part of Operation Dudula, but I think you yeah, know, uh, Vincent's article sort of is premised on the incident that happened outside. I think it was a hospital in, I think, Tembisa. Um, where they, I think, Operation Dudula were, uh, you know, wanted to check where people are from and wanted to deny people entry depending on their uh, nationality, which is absurd. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, using, uh, yeah, xenophobia is a very, very, very cheap scapegoat. Um, and yeah, it seems to be simmering at the moment, which is kind of scary. Um, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe let's let's share what um, our fans, our followers, think of, of, of Vince's article. And Ken Watson, his comment is, very few even know what the word means, but they use it. Sholan, I'll give this one to you. What does xenophobia mean? Yeah, I love when Bali gives me the difficult one, guys. I enjoy it so much. Sorry, um, man. Let's go. Cool. <laughs> 
he um Shima and Alex is there. But from my yeah. understanding, um xenophobia, xenophobia is at least the um the fear of you know um something that's foreign or um it doesn't necessarily have to be a person um or something that's just alien to the current context that you live in. Yes. So anything that's intruding you have a fear of that. Um but mm-hmm. obviously has now come to the fact that the xenophobia that people fear are obviously um people that come from not necessarily other countries but specifically other African countries. And that's actually a sad reality. Um, I think xenophobia is not even necessarily a uniquely um, South African thing, but it's experienced all um, over the world. I mean, it occurred in probably one of the greatest nations um, to ever walk on this earth, um, the United States of America, um, when um, Donald Trump, somebody who I actually um, had a lot of support for and a lot of respect for, um, one of his failures, in my opinion, was a lot of the hatred spewed against immigrants. And I think um, South Africans are in a situation where the fear is against people coming here illegally, but we have a danger that we will eventually, um, you know, that term illegal immigrant or illegal um, foreigner will disappear and it will just be foreigners that way. So that's why I think it's a very dangerous, slippery slope that we can take, because in a moment of anger, um, when these Operation Dula folks are going around the hospital, whatever the case may be, they are so angry and so heated up and so emotional, they don't care whether it's illegal or not or legal in front of the foreigner's name. They only care about getting rid of a foreigner. So yeah. that's a really dangerous route, I think, that we can yeah. go in. Yeah, that was a perfect explanation. See, that's why I chose you, man. <laughs> <laughs> the next comment is from Thomas Kunene, and it reads, I feel pity for the human races of whatever origin from which they emerge, who came here in order to try luck and sustain life. Therefore, my big blame goes to all African leaders. They do not have enough African leaders. Um, Simo, do we not have enough African leaders? Well, we've got a ton. We just don't have the guys who actually do the leadership things. But we, we've got a ton of people filling positions. We've got a mm-hmm. ton of people mm-hmm. who are guiding us, well, not guiding us, who, who yeah. hold the role of someone who would guide us. We, we, we've got tons of those. So it's not a numbers problem. It's a competence thing. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely true. And um, Nelson says, our tax money, our views, our land, our demands. Alex, it's a little bit sassy. It's just like, let us do whatever we want to do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like it's just like you're trying to figure out a way to like kindly disagree. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there, there was that incident with the MEC of Health from Limpopo who like sat mm. at the bed of a Zimbabwean, and like that created yeah. a lot of like a massive stir. And it just made me like really uncomfortable watching that. Um, like mm. I understand the point, like these are our resources as a country, mm. our tax pays for something like hospitals. Um, but it's, I mean, to me, it's all got to do with legality. And that's why mm. something like the rule of law is so important. You know, is someone here like legally, are they entitled to access services? Then cool, give them services. Mm. But I think the problem is now when we're in a situation, you know, when there's not enough of something, that's when people get cranky. So, you know, when you've yeah. got, and that's what, that's the danger with xenophobia is like, that's, you know, when you have 75% of young people officially unemployed uh, from the expanded definition, you know, people are, people are desperate and people, inflation's mm-hmm. going up, bread's more expensive, milk's more expensive, life's more expensive. Mm-hmm. 
and that's yeah. when people start trying to find scapegoats and the problem like back to the first comment or back to vincent's kind of thesis um yeah that's when it becomes dangerous as seymour says like our supposed leaders can weaponize that and yeah i guess rally someone like i can't remember who, who made the comment but you know that can amplify that message of destruction rather than like kind of a little bit more of ubuntu and but again just coming back to processes rule of law that kind of stuff yeah definitely um ross rose says point a finger and four point back this attention of foreigners is to take eyes off the failed leadership of this country i definitely agree Sholin? yeah um, I will say that this is just one of the things that our current leadership obviously blames, whether it's um, foreigners, um, it won't just, it's just stop there, it, it goes to colonialism, um, mm -hmm. everything, it goes to racism, um, all of these things are problems, but meanwhile, they are the ones who are stealing money. But, and, but, um, but like Cyril said at the beginning of, the, of Freedom Fanatics, he's addressing the issues, bro, come on. <laughs> and he's giving it his best shot, Sholin. You know, <laughs> I don't want to know what a bad day for Cyril is like. um, because clearly this is the worst of the worst, my guy. Um, but yeah, no, I will say, Mbali, that everything um, is a problem. Everything is the reason except the current leadership, um, especially in our national government right now. Um, I'm just thinking, Alex, you were mentioning about like it's the, it's, it's the legality or the illegality of the person that matters. Um, I agree with that. And I will even go saying, far as saying, like, um, our home affairs minister then goes, there's really a problem with, for example, illegal foreigners. Then he goes on and removes the, um, the ZEP, um, the Zimbabwean um, exemption permit. So it's a legal permit and it takes it away from Zimbabweans um, and going back and forth, reversing it. Still not much clarity on that. So now he's making it harder for people to actually be in South Africa. Um, while he's blaming them for coming here illegally. So that's a little hypocritical. Um, and that's why I think, yeah, everything is the problem, Bali, for some reason, except for the ANC um, leaders. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think that I'm seeing here in the comments is that everyone literally is saying, they're blaming everyone else except for themselves. For themselves. Yeah. And um, the last comment of the day is from Pam. And he, she says, or they, we know where xenophobia needs to. Exactly what happened in Germany, the blaming game, scapegoating the Jews. Alex, <laughs> educate them yourselves, no excuse for ignorance. Uh, Mr. Alex, I'll give this one. <laughs> no, it's true. Give history of what happened in Germany, actually. Oh, uh, uh, there was only a, a Holocaust and, uh, you know, <laughs> just millions of people just died. Millions of people much. died because of, of national stuff. socialist sentiment and scapegoating a, a specific racial group. Nothing, nothing too mm. major. But yeah. I think, you know what the thing is, they, they, like, I, like you know, in Malema was going, I don't know, he went to some restaurant in Centurion or whatever it was. And then, you know, he said, like, I want to see a list of where your people are hired from. You're not hiring yes. South Africans. And, like, yeah. a, some people liken that kind of behavior to, like, um, sort of the, the, the stormtroopers of the National Socialist Party in Germany in the 1920s, 1930s, um, that, you know, ultimately executed the holocaust etc etc so i think i think it's a great point you know like we don't need history to repeat itself and i think that's why someone like vincent really wanted to write this kind of article is to be like guys whoa just calm your guavas like this is not a good thing this is why yeah. um and i'm, I'm yeah. so glad to see that there's been so much comments and reaction to to it as well
Yeah, yeah. Well, if I can just add, that's exactly a good point because eventually it starts with, oh, now the foreigners across the border are the problem. Um, then it will come back to South Africa. I mean, if we even remove all of the foreigners in this country, all of the problems we have right now will continue to exist. Um, then it will eventually go to, mm-hmm. um, now it's not the foreigners, now now it's again, um, you know, the white folk, and then it's the white monopoly capital, and then um, the next people, it's again the college, then it's the Corsas, and then it's the Zulus, then it's the Vendas, and it will continue being a blame game and a blame game and a blame game when it's clearly the leadership of this country need to be removed yeah. and they need to be voted out. Um, that's the only yeah. way we're solving um, this problems that we're having, by the way. Yeah, true, definitely. I think 2024 is when we get to change everything. And yeah, guys, I think we've come to the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we appreciate you engaging with our content. And yeah, do remember to share it, like, and you know, get the message out there. Catch us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook as well. And as always, remember, your freedom is worth fighting.